Hello and welcome to the Fempreneur Marketing Podcast. My name is Lindsay Berry. I'm your host and founder of YYC Fempreneurs and Fempreneur Marketing School in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Today, I have a very special guest who is going to be presenting to what we call our Fem Team. It's a mastermind group of Fempreneur Marketing School graduates. And Janina Stensky is her name. She will be teaching us about diet culture. And she has some extremely powerful questions in this presentation that I know are going to change the way you think about food and your body and some of the things that maybe cause you stress around food and your body. And also she's going to share a bit about how she started her business as a personal trainer, as an online diet and fitness coach. And she's just a friggin' fabulous human being. She has had such a huge impact on so many lives since she came into our Femprinter community. And uh, she's a wealth of knowledge. So be sure to reach out to her. You can find her at lifestylerevolutioncalgary.com. Let's dive in. Oh, I almost forgot one more thing. At the end of Virginia's presentation, you want to keep listening because I was able to connect with her later on in the day after she did this presentation for our Fem Team Mastermind group to find out what she thought went well, to get her to share a little more of the behind the scenes of her business and the presentation and just her mindset around the whole thing. It's really valuable stuff, so make sure to listen all the way to the end so you don't miss that. The intention behind this presentation is that it's sort of like a webinar workshop crash course on what exercise for self-care is um, and a little bit about diet culture and just the differences between this sort of typical what you think of when you think of fitness and a personal trainer and working out compared to this more compassionate approach that I'm trying to help other women take. Um, so my name is Janina. I'm a personal trainer. Um, I work in a gym in the city and Recently started in Calgary, <laughs> recently started my own online training business, um, really focusing on helping women, like I just said, use exercise as a way for self-care and instead of a way for weight loss, like uh, we're told we're supposed to. So the outcomes that I want us to, oh, no, 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 I skipped a slide. How do you feel in this moment? So before we get going, your first question right off the hop, I want you to just take a quick 30 seconds and tune in to how you're feeling right now as you're sitting down. First question is, what is your mood on a scale of 1 to 10? 10 is, I feel amazing right now. Um, where are you at? There's no judgment. There's no wrong answers. We're just kind of observing what's going on for us. And the second question is, what are your energy levels? So on that scale of 1 to 10 again, um, 10 is being, I am ready to crush the day. How do you feel? Okay. So keep that in mind. We're going to come back to that. So some things that I want you guys to get out of today is understanding what diet culture is. We're going to go through a little bit of the nuances and the messaging that we receive from that and how this can influence fitness and exercise. We're going to look at the differences between the messaging from diet culture and this anti-diet health at every size sort of movement. We're looking at the differences between using exercise for self-care as opposed to exercising as a means to an end or to achieve something. 
And finally, looking at who exercise for self-care might be helpful for, um, why it's useful, and how you can take your first steps to get started. So before we get into this, we're going to be talking a little bit about disordered eating and disordered exercise behaviors. Um, so if you find this triggering, don't hesitate at any time to mute or, or turn off your screen or just take a break from the conversation because um, these topics can be very sensitive for some people. Um, so the most important thing for today is that this is a safe space for everybody to share. So I'm going to be turning the mic towards you guys at some point so that you have an opportunity to share your own experiences with diet culture, how exercise feels in your body, how movement plays a role in your life. Um, so two promises today that we're all making to each other by joining in on this presentation is that we promise to give uh, each other an opportunity to share their, her story without any judgment or unsolicited advice. And secondly, to not fall into the comparison trap. So we're not comparing ourselves to somebody else's journey and we're not comparing each other. Um, okay, so why do you exercise? Second question. So take a second, write this down on your notebook. When you participate in movement, what are you hoping to get from it? Um, how do you want exercise to make you feel? Okay, awesome. Uh, if you're done answering your question, feel free to unmute yourself if you want to share a little bit about your, your motivation and what exercise means to you. You don't have to share, but open the table. I'll go. I exercise to set an example for my kids that it can be fun. Um, most of my exercise is just spending time with them. So bike riding and that sort of thing. Um, but taking my daughter for a run is really fun as well. Um, participating in her sports activities. So she's been doing dry land speed skating and we've been doing it together. So we've been doing those workouts together. Um, so yeah, so it's not so much anymore for me, even though it does give me space and mental break, but it's now more to set a good example for them. Fantastic. Thanks for sharing, Allison. Anybody else? I was going to um, say I don't exercise. <laughs> so um, when I do, it's very inconsistent, but I like getting outside. Like I do easy hikes, walk, like I walk the dogs every day and um, I go for bike rides once in a while, but I get outside because it stops me from working <laughs> actually um, like all the time. And then it helps me sleep. So I was like, Allison, I need to connect. Well, I need to connect with both of you and uh, Janina. We chatted earlier already about that, but um, yeah, because I find every single time I exercise, whether it's downstairs in the basement or on a hike, I actually am so tired. I sleep. So it actually helps me with my sleep. Fantastic. Really tuning in to those uh, internal cues. That's great. Hey, See, for, for me, me, it's always... Sorry, go oh. ahead, Brianne. Go ahead. It's always a twofer for me. Like, I don't know, exercise kind of combines with getting shit done, right? Like mowing the yard or doing the housework or like there's always a task to, to accomplish. Yeah, totally. I don't I know. Mean, 
it's a part of our life and, and getting things done, whether that's getting groceries or going to work. Um, yeah, just getting through your day. For, for me, I've always um, put exercise um, up there on my priority list. Um, when I was working downtown, I mean, I just fit it in whenever I could, right? I would go out at lunch. I would, you know, get sometimes get up even earlier in the morning and exercise before I went to work, that kind of thing, because it's always made me feel good, both mentally and physically. And, um, and one of the main things is, uh, why I do it is partly to keep my weight under control, which I find as I'm getting older is harder and harder to do. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing as I'm getting older is really, I, I, I'm exercising so that I can age well. I, I don't want to, I want to be active until I'm 95, right? And be able to do things. And I truly, truly believe that exercise is the way to do that. Fantastic. Awesome. Um, I just wrote down that it's my ultimate. I love you to myself. It's uh, makes me feel and look better. Makes me stronger. And and Paulette, yeah, makes helps me sleep better too. Fantastic. You guys are amazing. Thank you for sharing all of those reasons. Um, so the reason that I ask why do you exercise is obviously there's a huge range of reasons that exercise is important to people. Um, and it depends on the context of your life, what stage of your life you're in and what's going on in your life and how it makes you feel and and what you're doing specifically. Um, so a little bit about my journey with exercise. I never really grew up as an athletic child. I never grew up training for sports or doing anything like that. Even as I went to university in the fitness industry, in kinesiology, I was kind of like a sheep dog in a herd of sheep, like blending in just barely, but didn't really have a lot in common with my classmates who were all athletes and, you know, like running marathons on Thanksgiving with their families. It was a whole new world for me. Um, And then in 2017, I started working full time in a gym in Calgary, like I mentioned. And I was kind of thrust into this world where I was surrounded by individuals who looked kind of like the woman in this picture, wearing their sports bras and tight clothes or booty shorts. And at the same time, I was surrounded by mirrors, uh, so many mirrors in the gym. And I fell into this comparison trap Uh, where I found myself really examining what the differences were between my body and their bodies and some of the behaviors that they were doing and started to buy into this diet culture belief that a more fit and lean and toned body was more worthy, was something to be aspired for and work towards. Um, So in 2018 was when I started sort of my quote-unquote lifestyle overhaul where I started managing my food, managing my exercise with the intention of losing weight and building muscle, which is a goal that most of my clients will come to me for. That's what they say. That's why they want to exercise. Maybe it's be stronger. Most of them don't say awesome things like bond with my family and sleep better and like I, I love you to myself. It's usually Um, I want to lose weight and I want to, you know, get abs or build a booty or whatever that is, um, which is totally, there's nothing wrong with those goals, but I had internalized those messages and set those goals for myself. So it started out, um, my own journey with manipulating my food and my exercise as this pursuit 
of not only looking a certain way, but this underlying tone of like, yeah, I, I imagine that when I lose weight, I will feel good and uh, everyone's going to love me and life's just going to be amazing when I look like this girl. Um, so the problem with using exercise and dieting as a means for weight loss is that the results can be very subjective. Um, so being in that gym environment, I felt like I wanted to be the model personal trainer and I was always pushing for more um, and ended up getting a little bit obsessive and developing some disordered behaviors around my exercise and around my eating. And last summer in 2019, I actually lost my period because I was overtraining and not taking enough rest and not nourishing my body properly. So that was when I started to notice the effects of, of this disordered behavior and how it was impacting literally how my body functioned. My body went into survival mode. Um, and that can be a very, very common thing for a lot of women to, to reach that point where you lose your menstrual cycle or maybe start to see injuries and things like that as well. So um, the question that I want to pose to, maybe not you guys, because you kind of already looked at this underlying why, but for my clients specifically, when they say, I want to lose weight and build muscle, it's sort of why? Like, yes, you, you want to exercise so that you get these things. What are you hoping that is going to help you achieve? And that's where I asked you, what do you want to feel more of? How can exercise add to your life? Because when we can focus on those underlying factors a little bit more, as opposed to these external subjective measures of success, that journey is likely going to be a little bit more fulfilling um, and a little bit more balanced. And less likely to become disordered. So any questions about that? I feel like that was like a big brain dump. Sorry. <laughs> okay. That was so that was perfect, Janina. Cool. I yeah. love your story. Yeah, that was really powerful. Thank you for yeah. being vulnerable. Helps helps us to understand more of like, yeah, what you're what you're up to with this awesome business of yours. Yeah. <laughs> Awesome. I was hoping that you got something out of that. Um, really okay. highlights your niche as well. Okay, perfect. Good. Um, okay, so my journey, when I started my business uh, in March, it was after the gym shut down. I was stuck in my apartment and I figured let's fire up this Instagram account. And I was full blown ready to just start like a summer weight loss challenge in the park. And that was my dream for my business. Was, that was all I knew about exercise and personal training. This is what people pay money for, right? Um, is like the booty boot camps and things like that. And then I read Anti-Diet by Christy Harrison and she completely flipped my world upside down and offered this fresh perspective on just highlighting the diet industry from the outside. Um, and I'd also recommend if you wanna learn a little bit more, listening to her podcast, Food Psych, um, which is where I heard about the book in the first place. Uh, she's an incredible resource for the anti-diet movement. So Christy Harrison has an incredible definition about diet culture on her website. Um, and ultimately, diet culture is just the system of beliefs that we're all sort of immersed in, we're all raised with, we're taught to uh, value these messages and internalize them. So 
diet culture worships that thin ideal, that body that we saw um, with the girl exercising on that last slide. Um, and ultimately, if you don't fit into that thin ideal, diet culture makes us believe that we're broken and we need to change ourselves. In addition to that, every time I click on something, it won't let me change the slide. Okay. Um, diet culture demonizes certain ways of eating and exercising and creates this sort of shame around certain choices of what we're eating and how we're moving uh, and creates this hierarchy of, of how we're quote unquote supposed to be living our lives. And it ultimately is just a big oppressor. Um, this thin ideal a really great example was the challenge I had finding photos to put into this slide because if you type in on Canva or Google exercise, fit, strong, weights, anything like that, you're going to get images of thin white women. Um, and this sort of thin ideal is incredibly oppressive to people of color, people in larger bodies, uh, transgender folks, and individuals with disabilities. And not only does that oppression affect those populations, but it negatively impacts everybody's mental well-being and their physical well-being. Um, so these damaging messages come in the form of um, diets and programs and uh, different kinds of ways of manipulating our body and trying to change our size and our shape, and it affects literally everyone. So I know this can be a sensitive topic, but if anybody wants to share some things that maybe they're noticing uh, that they've said to other people or somebody has said to them in the past that you're recognizing now, like, oh, that was diet culture. Um, now's a good chance. Feel free to share a little bit about how that looks in your life. This just reminds me of my mom, which sounds really bad, but she's always striving to lose like that 10 pounds. Like she thinks this magic number of 130 is where she needs to be, to be thin. And I don't, like I always say, it's like, it's not what the number is on the scale. It's how your clothes fit and it's how you feel. Like she's been working out like three times a week at a local gym just to lose that 10 pounds for 20 years. So she likes to work out and I think she likes the accountability of it. But at the same time, it's not, I kind of get annoyed because it's like, I don't want to hear that how much you weigh. I want to hear how strong you are. Mm. And I want you, I don't want my kids to worry about how much they weigh, even though my daughters love to weigh themselves because they just like to read numbers to me because that's what five-year-olds do. Yeah. But it just, it, it infuriates me. And it's just, it's what diet culture has done to her. But I can't teach an old dog new tricks. <laughs> and that's the thing, those messages and those beliefs become so ingrained into our lives that you, you don't really see, what does Christy Harrison say? You can't read the label when you're inside the bottle. We become <laughs> almost oblivious to it. Um, thanks for um, sharing, Harrison. Something my, my doctor said to me was um, a year ago, I guess a little over a year ago when I went for my physical. And, um, and my doctor, he's actually retiring this year, so I'm switching doctors. I'm going for physical with my, my new doctor today, which will be really interesting. But um, anyway, my old doctor, he was always very much into a lifestyle. And he, and so I, I really liked him because we kind of thought the same way. I feel that way, that, that lifestyle is, is, um, you know, really important to health. Right. And, um, anyway, I, you know, I'd always been, um, 
you know, fairly quite thin. Um, mm-hmm. And then after I had my son, that's when I kind of, you know, I had a bit of weight that I put on with the pregnancy and I never took it all off. And then, so since then I've been, he's 22 now, I've been trying, so I hear you, Allison, I've been trying to lose, you know, 10, 15 pounds since I had him, right? And um, I just, you know, and I, sometimes I'll be a little more successful than others. And, um, but when I was at my doctor's last year, he, you know, of course took my weight and then he, and then he said, Debbie, I'm actually happy where you are right now. And I said, really? And he said, yeah, because you know what, um, women that are at a certain um, body fat percentage, um, at your age typically live longer. Mm-hmm. So, so I kind of thought that, you know, and that, that kind of helped me a bit. I mean, I'm still wanting to lose another five pounds kind mm-hmm. of always, but, um, but I felt like it just took the pressure off a little bit, which um, felt really good, actually. Yeah, I love yeah. that. That's great. Yeah. I know yeah. that medical professionals can be a really um, big instigator of diet culture messages when it comes to weight and BMI and measurements and things like that. But I love that your doctor has that attitude of, of like, your body is functioning well. Let's keep it here because that's amazing. Yeah. yeah. So that helped me quite a bit. <laughs> and Debbie, I have an opposite experience where I am considered morbidly obese, which just is what? shocking to me. And because of my BMI and everything. And then my daughter, I'm just, yeah, so I really need to connect with you. Um, yeah. Because she's not eating very well. Like she, and now she's low energy and doesn't want to do anything because she thinks she's fat. Oh, because she's also 15 and that whole, you know, image thing starts to happen. So, yeah, like um, those messages really destroy you. Um, and really, yeah. Because I'm like morbidly obese. How can I be morbidly obese? Like, sure, I'm, I, 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 I do. I weigh a lot. I weigh 220 pounds. I'm 5'10 and I'm big boned and people are always shocked that I'm way what I weigh. Thank God I'm tall. I just, you know, distribute nicely. <laughs> but yeah, the messaging is brutal. Yeah, that's terrible. Yeah, I'm sorry yeah. to hear that call out, but that is a yeah. super common experience. And a lot of the guests that Christy has on her podcast share a very similar experience uh, with just fat shaming and weight stigma from their doctors, which, yeah, it's not, it's not supportive of health in the end. Um, Christy talks a lot about the BMI scale and uh, these sort of ratings and the origins of them. So that's a really good place to go to, to understand a little bit more about why those ideas can and should be rejected um, and challenged if you're in, if you feel in a safe space to do that. Um, and even little things like, like setting boundaries with your doctor, we all have that right to um, say, no, I don't want to be weighed. This is not a necessary indicator of my health. So we're going to skip that. Yeah. Cool. Thanks for sharing. Okay. Is there anyone else who wants to share a little bit? No. Okay. Um, so yeah, one of the things that 
one of my first memories of diet culture. And again, like, like you said, Allison, I think all of our parents are just kind of like steeped in this idea of working towards some sort of magical ideal weight. And then that gets passed on to us. Um, so when I was seven or eight years old, my mom was helping me get dressed for a Christmas concert and we were putting on a dress that uh, I'm not sure it must not have fit as well as the year before, or maybe it was just the way I was standing. But I remember her saying to me, oh, you're going to have to start learning to suck in your stomach. And uh, I, I was like, what are you talking about? Like, <laughs> why don't we just get a new dress? Um, so those kinds of things just little seemingly harmless comments and maybe even with good intentions behind them. They can really stick with us and they're everywhere. They're everywhere. So as you start to notice diet culture, you'll notice it more and more and start to see how these things come up in our lives. So some more of those typical messages that come up with diet culture um, are just that we are not enough as we are and we all need to change. Uh, diet culture tells us that we are not worthy and we need to work towards that moral superiority through our behaviors. And I'm here to tell you, F diet culture, you are enough as you are. Um, and most importantly, health is not, an, or size is not an indicator of your health. Um, so everyone can be healthy at any size in their body, regardless of how much they weigh or what their doctor says. So if you're tired of those same old messages, my challenge to you as your self-care trainer is to do what makes you happy. So my question, and take 30 seconds, write this down in your notebook. If no matter what you did, no amount of exercise or changing what you did in your day, nothing at all would change your size or your shape or your weight or your pant size. If exercise had no influence on that, what would you choose to do? So just take some time, think about that. And that's okay if you don't quite have an answer right now, but maybe brainstorm some things that mind. Nina, can you clarify what you, what the question is? Yeah, yeah, sorry. Um, so if exercise and changing your diet had no impact on your weight or your size or your shape, what would you do? So a lot of times that pursuit of what we had talked about before, weight loss or toning your body and those kinds of things influence what we choose to do and what type of maybe movement and workout so if that didn't matter, what would you do instead? And maybe you already do those things. Cool. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. All right. So moving into exercise for self-care, the intention behind exercise for self-care is that it comes from this weight-neutral approach. So as a personal trainer, I don't ask my clients to weigh themselves. They're welcome to if they want. Um, and the ultimate goal, I, even if their goal is weight loss, I'm not asking them about their weight loss and those kinds of things. I'm asking them how they're feeling um, and how they're enjoying their exercise. The exercise for self-care is very specific to a moment in time. So your exercise for self-care right now at 
6 a.m. might look different than it will next week at 6 a.m. or tomorrow at 6 a.m. or even later today. It's very specific to how you're feeling in that moment. And that comes with honoring your body's needs and being flexible in your plan. So for example, um, if you have a run schedule because you're training for something, but you weren't able to get enough sleep because you were working on your presentation all night and you know that that run is just going to be uh, like daunting and horrible and it's not going to feel good, then being flexible in that plan might be more suitable and changing it to a bit of a walk or changing the duration of your run or taking a rest day and rescheduling that. So we can still train for our goals and be flexible in that based on how we're feeling in each moment. And that comes with tuning into your body, finding things that we enjoy doing, and taking away the guilt and shame that diet culture tells us to have around choosing one thing over another. This whole like no excuses mentality, uh, it needs to go. It's not helping anybody. So quick question. Let's talk a little bit about joyful movement. One of those things I mentioned as a component of exercise for self-care. What is something that you really enjoyed doing as a kid? Take a second, write, write it down. Maybe it's one thing, maybe it's a list. What were some of your favorite memories for movement and playing with your friends and different kinds of games that you did? You just reminded me, my kids are all about the monkey bars at the moment. And have you mm. ever seen monkey bars as an adult? It is impossible. Possible. I was just writing down monkey bars and you said that, Allison. And then I was like, and I've tried, like I walk over to playgrounds all the time and like I can't do it. I did I did two. I did two. Yeah, I have to do this little like scuffle like ah, uh, uh, like every time I'm grabbing it, trying not to die. And they're like monkeys. Like it they have it brings them so much joy. It just sorry. Yeah, no, that's perfect. We need to get into some gymnastics, Allison. If we need to take gymnastics together, <laughs> we might need to. Okay, so looking at that thing that you wrote down, thinking back to your childhood, how did that movement, that activity, make you feel? Real quick, doesn't have to be a big list on this one. It could be one or two words. And most importantly, you as an adult woman sitting in this chair in this moment right now, if you were going to do some movement today, what would feel good to you right now? So check in with yourself, with your mood and your energy and how you're feeling in your body. And think about what kind of activity, if, if any, you might want to do today. Um, and even reflect on, on how that compares to what you had planned today, if you had anything planned. Also, like looking at this kid just makes me smile. He's just so happy. <laughs> hey, any questions there? We're feeling good? I'm giving you another second here. Okay, so Christy Harrison um, is tied in with this anti-diet movement and that also comes with this intuitive eating movement. So if you've ever heard of the intuitive eating 
uh, book by Evelyn Trebol and Elise Resch. It's an incredible resource that talks about ignoring those external cues and tuning into your body. So intuitive movement is becoming a little bit more of a common thing and uh, it's, it's challenging, I'm gonna be honest, to find Instagram accounts of other fitness trainers who are focusing on this weight neutral, tuning into yourself approach, but they're out there. Um, and, and the premise behind it is ditching those rules and those external things like your fitness tracker or how long you've been exercising and really just tuning in on what does my body need right now? Where are areas that feel tight? Am I noticing any pain or discomfort with what I'm doing? Do I need some rest or maybe is it gonna feel good to push myself a little bit harder in this moment? There's no wrong answers, you're just tuning in checking in with yourself and noticing what's going on in your body. So notice and be curious. Um, the important part about anything intuitive eating, intuitive movement is to take away that judgment of like, I should feel like this. Oh, this workout was so much easier yesterday. What's the matter with me? And just noticing, okay, well, this feels more challenging today. That's interesting. Why might that be? Let's take note of that and having this sense of curiosity about what's going on in your life and uh, what you're feeling. So three really great questions. These are some good journaling prompts if you're wanting to add some curiosity to your exercise routine. Um, the first question, what are some sensations I feel in my body right now? So if you're sitting in a chair right now, um, feel free to scoot your bum to the edge of the chair. If it's a rolly chair, make sure it's not gonna like roll out behind you, back it up to something. You're gonna stick one foot out in front of you, straight leg, point your toe up to the sky, and we're just gonna do a little bit of a reach. So reaching your fingertips towards your foot. There's no particular goal. It doesn't have to look like anything. Just noticing how that feels in your body, what you're noticing in your muscles, if there's any tension, any discomfort, maybe it feels good. Maybe it feels a little bit different if you wiggle your toes or take a big breath. And you can try the same thing with just reaching overhead and bringing those hands up to the sky, maybe one hand or both. What sensations do you feel in your body? Okay, so checking in with yourself. It's very easy for us to say, this is my workout plan and I need to get it done no matter what. And it's important that we can check in with ourselves and say, what am I feeling right now? So that we can prevent injuries, prevent burnout, and honestly use exercise as a way that's enjoyable. It doesn't have to be sacrificed all the time. Um, the second one, and we checked in at the start of the presentation, what is your energy right now? Noticing when was the last time I've eaten and how long ago was that? Um, did I get enough sleep? Am I hydrated? Is this like day five of the, like, am I coming to the end of the week? Those kinds of things are all going to affect your energy as well as your menstrual cycle and your hormones, um, which almost nobody talks about. That's very important to talk about. And the third question is what actually sounds good to you right now? Uh, sometimes you have a workout planned. And every bone in your body is saying, I don't want to do that. <laughs> that sounds like the last thing on the planet I want to do right now. And it's okay to just say, not today. I'm going to do something different. 
Um, or maybe try the five minute rule and just get a bit of movement in and get started and check in again and see how it feels. Because if that workout sounds terrible to you, your body is trying to tell you something. We need to listen to it so it can help us. So where to start? Using exercise for self-care um, comes with that checking in. So the first step is to start journaling regularly. Maybe that's before your workout, during your workout, after your workout, just checking in with what's on your mind right now. Maybe it's those sensations, maybe it's some self-critical thoughts um, or some expectation or disappointment or joy. Uh, there's no rules with journaling. You can write it in a note in your phone. You can take a mental note for yourself. And one of my favorite prompts is um, something that I keep aspiring to do and I always forget is to like take a post-workout selfie if I feel really good after a workout. So I can just take note of like, I feel good after the workout, even if I wasn't totally into it at the start. So the five minute rule came, got into the groove and I can keep that selfie as a little reminder for my future self to get going. Step two, surround yourself with like-minded people. So a good place to start for this is me and other sort of self-care intuitive trainers um, and finding those resources on Instagram. And the, there's a whole lot of health at every size, anti-diet nutritionists and trainers out there and setting boundaries around diet talk with people around you and just asking if you can change the topic if somebody is bringing up you know something that you're not comfortable talking about and thirdly have some compassion for yourself this path is not linear when i read anti-diet i like went into this hole of despair for a couple of weeks <laughs> where everything that i had ever been taught was flipped around um and it's a process you're playing the long game of trying to change these messages that we've been told our whole lives uh so it's going to take some time and it's not a switch that we can flip overnight as much as i wish it was so be patient with yourself so you might be asking at this point what if i still want to use exercise as a way to lose weight first of all that is totally fine we all live in diet culture and that is a message that's sent to us so just be compassionate with yourself and and acknowledge that thought and that desire without any judgment Secondly, go back to that why. What is the underlying reason behind why you exercise? And if the answer was, I wanna to exercise to lose weight, looking at what are you hoping to feel more of? And thirdly, give yourself permission to exercise without the goal of changing your body. So going back to what is that thing that you would do if no matter what you did, you couldn't change what you looked like or what you weighed? and give yourself permission to try a bunch of things and find the things that you actually enjoy because again this is the long game so a couple questions i like to ask myself um, when i'm deciding what kind of exercise i want to do is how is this going to impact my well-being so our well-being is a lot more than just our physical health fitness and appearance which is what diet culture tells us diet culture says never mind everything else you need to look this certain way at the sacrifice of your mental well-being, which was the case for me, and your spiritual well-being and your connection. Um, so I like to think of it as these are all three very different flowers. We need to water each of them a little bit regularly. And if we're focused too much on one, the other one's gonna suffer. So remembering that there are those different aspects to your overall well-being and 
how well you're able to live your life. And secondly, with well-being also comes this sense of connection with others, which can be taken away when we're engaging in disordered behaviors. The sense of joy, which diet culture tells us you don't get to experience joy, you don't deserve joyful things, it is only sacrifice. Um, and the sense of accomplishment and just feeling like you did something great for yourself or maybe you're feeling like you're becoming stronger and taking the focus away from those weight focused goals. So to kind of recap, take a look at your questions again later and feel free to do like a brain dump, a brainstorm um, about some of these thoughts around diet culture. And if you have any questions, absolutely reach out to me. I'm open to chat more about it. And I encourage you to engage in a little bit of that journaling. So we talked about what diet culture looks like and how it influences all of us. We talked about the anti-diet movement and rejecting those messages and finding ways to exercise and eat other than uh, trying to lose weight and the fact that our health is not impacted by our size. Um, exercise for self-care looks like being flexible, tuning into your body and honoring your needs and recognizing that this is going to change regularly throughout your life. Um, finding things that are joyful to you, checking in with your body and finding ways to uh, improve all aspects of our well-being. So if you want to learn a little bit more about um, how to implement these things in your life and spend a little more time reflecting on those things, pop to my website to get your free uh, workbook, The Four First Steps to Using Exercise for Self-Care. And that's available at the link in my bio if you follow me on Instagram. If you don't, please do for sure. Sorry, I'm not selling to you guys. This is just what I would do in my presentation. <laughs> just rolling with it. And at that same link on the same website, you can register for my weekly Zoom workouts, which are starting back up in August, which are curated to be a welcoming safe space where you can create your exercise, uh, your workout custom to what you need. So thank you for listening to my presentation. I hope that was helpful. <laughs> that was awesome. Very good. Yes. Thank you for getting through that. I was trying not to go too late. That was great. That was excellent, Janina. Really wow. good. Wow. <laughs> Appreciate it. Good job, girl. Holy smokes. Um, yeah, okay. So everybody get your feedback together for Janina and send it to her in that way that you so choose. Okay. Okay, so Janina, tell me what you think went really well this morning when you did your presentation. Yeah, so I don't think I've done a presentation since I was in university, since probably 2017. Um, so just trying to figure out how to put it together and how to make it flow. And this idea of putting in some audience engagement and figuring out how to make this relevant to who I was presenting and, and get them involved in the process. So I was really nervous about uh, were people going to want to share their stories and was this going to be a positive thing or was it going to like spiral into some sort of like, I don't know, not a supportive, welcoming, anti-diet space. Um, so there's just a lot of uncertainty because it was just a brand new experience. So I was blown away by how everyone shared. Were you? I was absolutely impressed. <laughs> 
They were like interrupting each other to get their turn to talk practically. It was so cute. They're like, I want to share next. I want to share next. And I love that because that's almost what, like, it's, it's funny because diet culture can be such a bonding thing, uh, which is not necessarily a good way, but um, not necessarily a good thing, but being able to bond over this sort of anti-diet movement and being able to notice like, oh, hey, I never questioned that before. Let's talk about it. Yeah. Um, it's really, really helpful. And I found my, my kind of resource for creating a community was through Instagram and finding other accounts that were taking this intuitive eating, intuitive movement approach and having my coach, because without that, I would have just felt like the world was caving in on me. Um, so if I can create a sort of community where women can, can share those experiences and the feelings that came with them and some strategies and struggles along the way, yeah. And build each other up and not feel alone. I think that's more valuable than any information I could spew out into the world. Like you asked some questions that no one's ever asked me before this morning. Mm -hmm. like for example, like um, my notes here. So you, you, you laid out that kind of scenario of like, what if, what if your body wasn't going to change? Like what if your size wasn't going to change or, you know, the way your clothes fit wasn't going to change? Mm -hmm. what would you do for exercise yeah if it was just about the movement and the feeling in the moment and maybe the feeling after of knowing that you've done something good like for me I was like okay well exercise in this scenario in my mind I'm like it's still exercising my heart so it's good mm -hmm. like because I mm -hmm. want to be heart healthy because that affects everything yeah. and you know therefore it's going to affect my brain and I want to be smart I want to write more books I want to do more stuff so I want to be healthy for like all sorts of reasons that have nothing to do with how I look but I've never even thought about that before right and then you were like what did you like to do when you were a kid and I was like oh my god no one's ever asked me that before and it was so funny that Allison started talking about monkey bars and I was literally thinking monkey bars at the same time yeah <laughs> Um, what else is I going to say about you and your business and your journey? <sighs> What's it like being back at work at the, at the gym and working on your business? Is it like majorly challenging? I feel like it probably is, but what's that like? Yeah, no one's really asked me that. Thanks for people. People just give like a general, how are you? And I can offer something vague and avoid the question. So thank you for asking me that directly. Um, it's definitely been like, I think I've been at work for three weeks now and it's, it's challenging because the environment is different, um, literally just from my apartment, but also different from how I left it. Things in the gym are laid out differently. I'm wearing a mask, so I have to like yell at people everywhere I go. And, um, I'm just kind of exhausted mentally and physically by the end of the day. Um, and because it's only been three weeks, there's still a lot of changes going on, kind of figuring things out as we go in, in our day-to-day -day operations. And then also me and how I can fit in my own personal self-care. Um, so last week, for example, things kind of hit the fan and I don't, I think I just overbooked myself. I got a little bit eager the week before and set up a lot of appointments and sessions and I ended up running on like six hours of sleep every night and not planning my meals properly. And I was like, you know what? Social media is going to have to wait. <laughs> like I just had to make that call. Yeah. Of like I'm running on fumes and too bad. <laughs> so hopefully uh, August 3rd, 
I've got a good plan going in for that week. That'll be kind of a trial week because we have the holiday Monday. So I get to play around and see how that works having three days at the gym instead of four. So that means there's only three days a week that are going to be incredibly long. And then I can have the other days with a little bit more balance and structure and give me time to not run on fumes and get enough sleep and do all the things I want to do for my business. Cause I, I want to maintain that excitement. I don't want to be super exhausted. So finding the groove, we'll get there. Yeah. And this, I think this phase you're in is probably a bit of a, it's a bit of a test really, right? Like it's shitty and it's hard, but it's also one of those things of proving to you and everyone else that you mean business and just, you're not going anywhere. You're not throwing in the towel on your business just because your job is taxing you. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's not an option. That's never been an option. Um, Starting this business. Yeah. There's, there's no going back. Right. And kind of what things look like and how I prioritize what running my business means, all all those little day-to-day things that might change a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. I'm I'm not going anywhere. Self-care trainer is not going anywhere for sure. Awesome. So before I uh, hit the stop recording button, um, what's something that you'd like to say to people, to women, entrepreneurs watching this, listening to this on the podcast, those women that are struggling through getting their businesses off the ground or keeping them afloat given what's going on right now like what's Mm -hmm. what you want to say to them i definitely if i had to pick out kind of the theme of of 2020 other than just pure chaos i'd say it's community and and like finding other uh business owners and women and people around you that you can vent to and they can cheer you on and build you up and give you feedback and just kind of keep keep you accountable and checking in because having this mastermind group has been a complete game changer and having you in my life Lindsay has just been so helpful for my success so yeah find people who help you out hey just a couple things before you take off Fempreneur Marketing School, our fall edition starts September 23rd. If you would like to get in on that, you can go to yycfempreneurs.com. You can also watch a little video here of me explaining kind of the story about why I started it and what you can expect from it. And you can also grab a free gift while you're on the website, a $49 free, $49 value free for you. It is a mini course. It's going to teach you how to use two simple yet powerhouse features of MailChimp.com, which is a free tool for converting social media followers into paying clients. So you're going to want to grab your notebook and pen and click here so that you can watch this mini course. It's about eight minutes long and it's jam packed with awesome stuff. And I hope to see you real soon over on Instagram at YYC Fempreneurs. And my name is Lindsay Berry. If you have any questions, if there's anything I can do to help you, with your marketing, with being more consistent, with being more clear, feel free to reach out to me. Just send me a message on Instagram. Bye for now.